believer in Christ, have you been praying for divine intervention or God's help in real, overwhelming needs in your life? Have you asked Jesus to immerse and envelop you in the power of the Holy Spirit? The same power that he operated in to heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, and perform mighty miracles is available to you today through the same baptism in the Spirit that he himself received. The next few minutes can revolutionize your life as you learn how to be clothed with power from on high. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Friends, Throughout this teaching series, I am leading you on a journey to discover the real truth about a matter second in importance to none except salvation itself, which is the matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Each segment of teaching is one vital link in that journey, which leads ultimately to the real truth concerning the role of the third member of the Godhead in your life, whom Jesus himself called the Helper, that is, the blessed Holy Spirit, the living waters of God. God says in Hosea 4.6 that his people, that means born-again believers, Christians, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance or lack of knowledge concerning spiritual matters not only is not bliss, but it is an open gateway to devastation and destruction. Jesus taught that the knowledge of the truth sets free, which inherently means that what you do not know of the truth will keep you in bondage. The unfortunate truth is that many born-again believers are being held captive by lack of knowledge of the truth and deceptions concerning this critical matter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. 
Now, some of the main points I am going to be establishing and providing scriptural support for during the course of this teaching are that, one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that takes place at the moment of salvation. Two, regeneration by the Spirit, that is, salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the same Holy Spirit. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, imparting the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by or immersed in the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer, in contrast to in the believer, and imparts the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These facts are clearly supported by Scripture and are exemplified by the experience of Jesus Himself, who is our supreme model. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus explicitly stated that the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be given to any believer who simply asks him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace received by faith and often imparted through the laying on of hands by other anointed believers. Now, in previous sections, we established the fact that as recorded in John 20, 22, the early disciples, including the apostles, received the working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration on resurrection evening when Jesus came through the locked door and appeared before the disciples. In this section, we want to look more closely at what Jesus called the promise of the Father to demonstrate further that he was not referring to the working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration or salvation. And to do that, we will be re-emphasizing some of the points we have already established. Picking up the text in verse 19 of John chapter 20, it says, When therefore it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, in simple terms, 
when Jesus breathed upon the disciples, he was for the first time dispensing the Holy Spirit for regeneration unto them, that is, to be saved. It was at that moment that the early disciples were saved. This was the first dispensing of the Holy Spirit in salvation after Jesus completed his mission as the high priest in heaven, thereby providing salvation. It was at this point that the disciples were first saved and experienced the new birth as a result of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. But it was after that, over a period of 40 days, that the Bible says that Jesus appeared unto the disciples. And it was at the close of those 40 days that Jesus gathered the disciples together for one final time before ascending into heaven to sit down on his throne at the right hand of God. As recorded in Luke 24, 44-49, he recounted to them the events that had taken place during his suffering reminding them that the scriptures prophesied that that was the way that the Christ would suffer, and that he had told them that he would rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Then Jesus said in verse 48, You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, upon you, the promise of my Father, upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So though the disciples were saved and the Holy Spirit had come to live within them, still Jesus instructed the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until he sent forth yet another promise of God the Father upon them, which would result in them being clothed with power from on high, which is a reference to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, was also the author of the book of Acts. And in his second book, Luke recounts again the last dissertation of Jesus prior to his ascension in a text in Acts 1, 1 through 8. However, he also adds some crucial details that did not appear in his synoptic book, The Gospel of Luke. The first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. In verses 4 and 5, he includes Jesus' interpretation of his phrase, the promise of my Father that he invoked in his first account, saying that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is here clearly and explicitly defining the promise of the Father as being the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not salvation as some anti-spirit baptism teachers purport. And then in verse 8, Jesus explains that the effect of the baptism in the Holy Spirit upon the disciples will be that they will receive supernatural power, dunamis, the Greek word is, to bear witness of Christ, in contrast to the fruit of the Spirit imparted through the regenerative working of the Holy Spirit in the new birth, that is, at the moment of salvation. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. The Fulfillment of the Promise of the Father Reviewing briefly, in the previous sections we saw that the early disciples were born again by the working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration on resurrection evening, when Jesus came through the locked doors, appearing before them, and breathed upon them, and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. But it was forty days after that that Jesus gathered the disciples together and told them to wait in Jerusalem until he sent forth yet another promise of God the Father upon them that would result in them being clothed with power from on high, which was a reference to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. For now he was speaking about something coming upon them rather than in them, as the Holy Spirit had done on resurrection evening, when he breathed upon them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Obviously, clothing is worn on the outside, externally, not internally, again indicating this is speaking not about the infusion of the Spirit, but the immersion of the Spirit. 
And then we also see in Luke's second book, the Acts of the Apostles, that Jesus described this promise of the Father he invoked in the first account by saying that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus explicitly and clearly defined the promise of the Father as being the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not the working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration at the new birth. But as the saying goes, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the proof of the pudding. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Acts 2, 1 through 4. This fulfillment of Jesus' prediction that occurred on the day of Pentecost and is recorded in Acts 2 conclusively proved that the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the accompanying evidence of the gifts of tongues is the promise of the Father and that it is a subsequent and separate experience to salvation. The disciples were saved in the upper room. There, they had the fullness of the Holy Spirit infused into them. Yet, it was after salvation that they were clothed with, or enveloped in, or immersed in, which is the literal meaning of the word baptized, the Holy Spirit. Even further evidence that that which occurred on the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of the prophesied promise of the Father is evident in Peter's declaration. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. Acts 2, 16 through 18, King James Version. The portion of Joel's prophecy reiterated by Peter in verse 18 of Acts 2, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, offers further proof that this outpouring of the spirit would fall upon saved believers as a separate and subsequent experience to salvation. Friends, I hope you understand how vital this teaching is you are hearing. The real truth regarding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This issue is the most critical issue to the Christian life after salvation itself. 
It is for that reason that our adversary, the devil, has continued to do all he can to hinder and, if possible, preclude believers from receiving it. Since that fateful day when Jesus himself, the heavenly prototype of the sons of God, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove as a visible sign of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was first poured out upon the church, imbuing them with power from on high. In the 2,000 years plus that have transpired since, no other single issue has been more controversial, fiercely debated, and bitterly divisive in the annals of church history. And that should not be surprising at all because the last thing on earth that Satan wants people to know is the real truth regarding the inexhaustible and uncontainable supernatural power that is made available to every believer who receives of this same immersion in the Spirit. It is the same baptism that John, the original Baptist, declared he needed to receive from Jesus. It is the same baptism with which Jesus himself, as the prototype of the sons of God, and our ultimate model in all spiritual things himself received, which elicited the divine vocal response from heaven. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Friends of God, if you have even the slightest desire to be well-pleasing to God. There is no other way to achieve that place of standing with our Heavenly Father than following in the path laid by the Heavenly Model who came to earth as a man to show us the way to fellowship and favor with the Father, and likewise receive of this indescribable gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That same outpouring of the Spirit is still flowing yet today, and it is available to every believer who understands that if Jesus himself needed the empowerment that came upon him through the baptism in the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry and perform the works of power he demonstrated, then certainly they must also have that empowerment in their own life if they are going to fulfill Jesus' prophecy that believers would do the works that he did and even greater works 
than he did. It's available to you today, friend, but you must take a step of faith and follow in the footsteps of the original Baptist and tell Jesus you recognize that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire and ask him to baptize or totally immerse you in the living waters of the Spirit of God. He will do it, but he testified that you must ask him for the Holy Spirit's baptism. Now, if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit I've been talking about and would like to know more about it and how to receive it, I've written a book and even recorded an audio book of the book that will help you with that. The book title is Dunamis, Power from on High. Dunamis, Power from on High. Now this concise book explains what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, the scriptural precedent and proofs regarding it, how to sort out the real truth from all the diverse teaching that exists concerning it based on scripture, and it provides some simple explanation for receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not done so yet, I want you to have this special book and or audio book I've prepared for you to help you understand it and to receive this powerful working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I am making the book itself available to you for a donation to the Real Truth Radio program or podcast of any amount. For those of you who can, please make a donation of at least $20 to cover both the publication cost of the book as well as the shipping and handling. And if you can, send more to help us to send the book to someone else who cannot send a donation. However, for those of you who cannot make a donation of $20 or more, we will send you the book for a donation of any amount. So again, you may request the book separately for a donation of any amount. And if you can, please send a gift of at least $20 if you are able to do so. Now, if you would also like the eight-disc set audiobook to go along with the book, please send a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both products and the products themselves. Again, that's a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both the book and the 8-CD set audiobook. Now, there are three ways for you to place your orders for these products. By U.S. Mail, through our website, 
and even by email, plus an online donation. If you are ordering by U.S. mail, please send your request to The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. Again, that's The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. When you write, be sure to provide the date you heard this program, the website on which you heard the podcast, or the call letters of this station that you heard the program on, along with your name and complete mailing address. You can also order the book and audiobook online on our website at realtruthradio.com, where you can place your order by clicking on the PayPal Donate button to use any bank card which does not require a PayPal account. Again, go to realtruthradio.com to place your order and where you can also listen to the recordings of all our podcasts. Now, you can also order the book and or audiobook online via email with an online donation at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Now, send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com orders at realtruthradio.com and then go to paypal.me forward slash s-l-m-i-n-c to make the donation Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.